This is Timothy Zahn, author of Star Wars Heir to the Empire, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Welcome everybody to episode 59 of Star Wars Bookworms. We're almost at the big six zero. I don't really know if that's a milestone, but maybe it is. I'm Teresa Delgado, one of your co-hosts, and with me is Aaron Goins. Hey, what's up? Is 60 a milestone? I think like every 10 is kind of a milestone, so we'll say 60 is a milestone, but 75 would be like more epic. Yeah, maybe we should save any all and all special things for 75. Yeah, we'll save it for 75, and then when we hit 100, that'll be like big deal. But that might be a couple years from now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Although, I don't know, we just did an episode last week, we're doing another one this week, so at this rate, you know, we might catch up. We're trying to catch up anyway. Yeah. So... Our book club is going on right now. We're still in July, so Bloodline is still going on over there. But in August, we're going to be starting with the brand new book, Life Debt, which is the second in the Aftermath series. I don't know what trilogy, I don't know what you would call it. But in those books with the cool ship covers and random coloring, um, it's the second one. So we'll be doing that one in August. So you can go over to goodreads.com and look for Star Wars Bookworms and join in the conversation over there. There's been a lot of news recently, like a lot of news with books. Well, I don't know if it's a lot, but like kind of like big things. Kind of all at the same time, you know, Star Wars Celebration Europe just happened. So they saved, I think, some of the big news for there. And we got some announcements of authors, upcoming books, and some pretty exciting um, announcements, I think, that that we can uh, definitely talk about. But I guess starting out, we found out who's going to write the Rogue One novelization. So that's kind of big news. And it's somebody that yeah. we've had on our show. It is somebody we've had on our show. It's also somebody we need to have on the show again since he wrote uh, Twilight Company. Yes, and we haven't had him on since way back when he was writing Old Republic comics. Right, so we need to have him on again, especially now that he's doing the Rogue One novelization. But that's Alexander Freed. He's going to be doing the Rogue One novelization. And if you've read Battlefront Twilight Company, then you would have read one of his books. So if, if you haven't read anything else and you want to get an idea of his writing style, there is stuff out there. And then... I think we were talking off air that it kind of seems like they may have sort of a new roster of authors because we found out about another book called Rogue One Catalyst, which coincidentally I thought was the same thing as the novelization, but I was wrong. So Aaron, why don't you tell us a little bit about this one? Well, I think all we know about it so far is that it's going to be a companion novel for um, Rogue One. So I don't know exactly what that means, if it's going to be a, a side story that ties in with the film, if it's going to have some of the same characters, I don't know, but if it's going to happen before the movie, but it's it's a companion novel, and that one's going to be written by James Lucino. And uh, so we have Alexander Freed, James Lucino, who both have already written novels previously in the new canon with Twilight Company and Tarkin. So it does seem right. like they're going back to some of the same authors. It does. And there was some other news that there's a new Galactic Atlas coming, which you know that that's like my favorite Star Wars book ever, right? 
is the Atlas, the original yes. Atlas. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of those uh, reference guide type books that um, you know we we've gotten a ton of those kind of in the now Legends um, era, but now with the new canon, we haven't really gotten uh, some major reference guides. So this will be. It's going to have over 600 illustrations, it said. Yeah, 600 to 700. And there's two people that I hope are working on this. I hope that Dan Wallace is working on this as well as Pablo Hidalgo because I think that the two of them combined can make a kick-ass atlas. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, I don't know if they've announced the the writers for this one yet, but I wouldn't I be surprised to see names like maybe a Jason Fry or Dan Wallace. You know, those guys mm-hmm. seem to be the ones they they like to go to for some of these guides. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely have to keep our eyes open for that. And I, I'm excited about, you know, the fact that they picked Alexander Freed to write the Rogue One novelization, I think works really well because, you know, Twilight Company being a very, you know, military, um, based novel. And it seems like Rogue One is going to have kind of that same flavor as a movie. So it seems like a, a good pick for him to write that novel as well. So yeah, some good, some good stuff, but this news is not the news that caused um, Twitter to explode. It's we, not. No, there's people there's, didn't explode over an atlas and <laughs> people like us might have. <laughs> but in general, um, I think the big news that was coming out of Star Wars Celebration was the announcement of the new. No, wait, 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 wait! What? Don't say it! Don't say it yet! Don't say it yet! Because here's the best part. It wasn't announced during some books panel or something like that. It was announced during the Star Wars Rebels panel, which I thought was so cool. And at the time that it was being announced, you completely missed it because I was blowing up your phone. Yeah, I was I was like, well, maybe two minutes behind you on the, the feed as we were watching this online. And so as I'm trying to like watch everything that's happening, you had already seen it. Yeah. And so you're starting to, you're blowing up my phone with texts and I'm like, Hey, just wait, let me finish. Let me finish watching it. So yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, this book. And you're like, what are you talking about? It was, it was pretty funny, but okay, go ahead. But we got the trailer for season three of, of rebels, which the trailer revealed that, um, this major character from star Wars legends, um, is going to be crossing over into canon. And, he's blue. Uh, he's blue. He's got red eyes. We and I. I will admit, I had a bit of a freak out when all that kind of got announced. Um, Did you pee your pants? I didn't pee my pants, but I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Did I you re- almost die? Usually, like if I'm at a c- convention, I mean, you've sat next to me at conventions um, <laughs> and watched, like you know, when we first saw the the Force Awakens trailer, for example. You know, we kind of both freaked out a little bit. You started crying, didn't you? For the Force Awakens trailer? We've been over no, this. No, for this been, one. No, 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 no. But normally I don't have like a big reaction if I'm just kind of watching it at home like I would if I was actually at the event. But this was an exception. I did have, they, you know, there weren't any tears or anything like that. But there was this thrilled cheer that came out of my house when I realized what they were revealing and what character came up on screen. So I was extremely excited. And this is just the fact that he's re- he's appearing in the animated series at this point they hadn't even announced the book yet um so that was just kind of icing on the cake are we saying who it is now grand admiral thrawn yeah grand admiral thrawn grand admiral prawn the star the star of (laughs) heir to the empire and you know the thrawn trilogy and a, a number of other novels written by timothy zahn 
Um, so here's the best part, though. Okay, so I'm watching this trailer, and like it, they show who he is, and of course I know who he is. I may not have read his books, but I know who he is. So I was like, "Oh my God, it's Thrawn!" And I'm texting and calling everybody and calling you and all of this stuff. And then somebody was like, "Wait, do you even know who he is?" And I was like, "I know who he is, as in like his name and what he looks like." But no, but I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you knew you were supposed to be excited, but you weren't exactly sure why you were so excited. Right, exactly. Right. But I was freaking out because I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> but uh, And then they announced the book. And the best part about this book, it's just called Thrawn, which I think is just perfect. Like, why do you need some big crazy title? And it's written by Timothy Zahn, which is like, oh, my God. And you know what I immediately went to thinking about? Remember Dragon Con when we were hosting the books uh, books panel and the authors panel, and we were sitting right next to Timothy Zahn, or I was, I think. Yeah, and I we asked him, you know, if he would ever want to write in the Star Wars universe again, like in the new canon, and he like made like a joke or something about like he'd love to, but you know, he just didn't really think they were ever going to ask him. Well, here you go, Mister yeah. Zahn. And it. you get your character back. <laughs> I don't think they could have picked someone better. Um, you know, they could have given this book to someone else and had the, you know, kind of a new version of Thrawn written. But I really like the idea that they, they have given it to Zahn and really let him kind of determine the new path for this character. And it probably will keep it a little more true to the, you know, what we know about him. Obviously, you know, he's he's kind of bound by the guidelines that will be set because of Rebels. It's not like he can just go anywhere with the story. Um, this is supposed to happen previous to his appearance in Rebels. So, you know, he's got, he does have a path he has to follow. But I think that he knows the voice of this character better than anyone. And mm-hmm. so I think it's awesome that he accepted it. Because, you know, an author could have been, you know, like, no, you know what? Like, you guys are going to kind of create this character as a new character and it's not the one that I wrote. Um, so, you know, let someone else do it. I think Zahn and like um, all those other authors that we had on the panel as well as like Drew and Karpishan and all of them, I think they, they understand what's going on. So I don't think they're bitter or mad or upset or any of that kind of stuff. And then they're given the opportunity to write in the new canon and they're probably like, yeah, cool. You know, and the, the fact that they asked him to write Thrawn, he's probably like, man, there's so much stuff that I can do with this character now knowing like how they're going to integrate him into Rebels because he probably knows all that stuff that it's like a whole new, whole new thing for him. I would imagine it's exciting to get to revisit it, you know, and, and also on top of that, this kind of goes to, I know you probably don't want me to bring this up, but all of the people that are like the EU people, the, hey, whatever they're called. No, what are they called? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, the, I don't remember the name of their movement. I think you're specifically referring to the, the Bring Back Legends movement. There we go. Yeah, the Bring Back Legends movement. Those people. Um, like I know some of them are upset that Zahn is doing this and that they're saying like, oh, he's selling out and all this stuff. And no, he's not selling out. He's making money because he's an author. He's getting paid. He gets to write about Star Wars. He gets to write about his character and take it in the direction that he wants it to go. And there's nothing more like perfect and canon than that. So <laughs> I'm just kind of like, well, 
you know. Yeah, I think there's people. For me, I feel like it's perfect because if we're going to have anybody that's going to write about this character, let it be the person who started the character in the first place. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree. And yeah, the people that are unhappy about it, are they weren't going to be happy no matter what. I think yeah um, there's so, nothing that can be done to right. they've to already made up their minds them. that yeah. no matter what they come out with in this new canon um you know they're not getting on board so but you know you got to look forward not backwards in my opinion you know kinda, right. i agree so um and let the roasting of us begin <laughs> no hopefully not um but yeah <laughs> i i'm really excited about this i you know I'm very excited about the Ahsoka novel. You know, they're they're kind of doing that. Speaking of, and I meant to bring this up too. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead and I'll finish after. Okay. They're kind of doing this, you know, one name title thing. Of, you know, we got Tarkin, we got Ahsoka, now we got Thrawn. And hey, maybe this opens the door up for uh, Bane by Drew Carpishan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were you going? So today at San Diego Comic-Con, the Disney press, Disney Lucasfilm press booth, which is right next to Delray. It's like Delray DK and Disney Lucasfilm press. They're all right next to each other on the show floor at San Diego Comic-Con. And I know this because I watched a Periscope video from my co-host and your co-host. Coincidentally, we share her, um, Jonah Marie (laughs) Macias. She was showing all this stuff. And today they were giving away ARCs of Ahsoka. I and saw that. I started freaking out. I've reached out to like anybody and everybody I know that's there and hopefully they're giving some more out tomorrow. I want one so bad. Like I was just to on ship Twitter it to going, us overnight. I need I need this please. Save bookworms. Help us survive. Ship it from San Diego to our homes overnight. We will pay for the shipping. Just get it to us. Yeah, Aaron will pay for the Aaron shipping for both shipping. of us. <laughs> but or you can just ship it to me, I'll pay you. But um yeah, that is something I'm extremely jealous about that these people are already like there are people right now that have probably finished that are the reading book. the I know, right? You know, the fast readers. Dude, they have finished dude. it. And um yeah, so that is something I'm really really jealous about. But this is then maybe it's a good sign. Maybe that means that you know, if they're handing arcs out out in San Diego, that might mean arcs are on their way to the book reviewers. Yay. So check your mailboxes, right? I think you're dreaming. No. Dreaming. It's not too far out from its release. So, you know, I think it, it's not impossible that we might get it soon. No. But we'll see. Impossible. But now, now we have to worry about spoilers about this book, and it hasn't even been released yet, right? Yeah. So I'm scared. Hopefully people will be polite enough not to start posting things on Twitter. Well, you know how people are. But yeah, so we had a lot of exciting news out of Star Wars Celebration. I think um we have a pretty cool slate of books um over the next couple of years. Um and I'm sure they ha- even have more that they haven't announced yet. I know Delray's out at San Diego Comic-Con right now and maybe maybe they saved an announcement even for out there. So I know, we'll we see, will, I guess. We'll keep our eyes on it. We are. But we do have something that we want to talk about really quickly before we get into our comic review because we do get books from Disney Lucasfilm Press and from DK and they do send us stuff and we haven't really talked about some of those books, but we will be because Aaron has worked them into our schedule. But the first one we're going to talk about is Lego Star Wars Chronicles of the Force, which is really cool. 
Yes. And it's uh, from DK. It's really cool. Yeah, we we both got this book, so thank you DK uh, for sending us that. And um, you know, it's it's a it's kind of it's an interesting guide because it goes both in universe and out of universe. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times these guides are you know either in or out of universe, but this one is both. It has in universe information about characters and ships and and all that, but then it also has outside of universe information about the Lego sets themselves, you know, piece count or, you know, how many sets there are of a certain type of vehicle, things like that. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And it's also written by uh, a couple people that we know pretty well. Mm-hmm. So Adam Bray, who we Yay! have, who has been on our show a couple times. Um, in fact, one of our, I think our most popular episode based on downloads he was on. So we'll have to have him on again. Um, and talk Mm -hmm. to him about this book and then uh also cole horton who is somebody that we haven't had on the show yet no but we should because he's awesome he is definitely a friend of the show and um a good friend of ours so we'll have to have him on and then uh another person uh david fentiman who i'm not as familiar with but he also um contributed to this book so is there anything i mean we we don't want to spend a ton of time on it because we, you know, we don't, we are kind of uh, tight on time tonight. But was there anything that you wanted to kind of point out uh, that jumped out to you in this book? So yeah, there's a couple things. So with the book, you get a little minifigure. Yes. And he's really cool. So <laughs> like, I haven't taken him out yet because I don't want to lose him. I haven't taken him out yet either, and I was kind of wondering. This is the first. I know they've done previous Lego Star Wars books that have minifigs like this. But what's the kind of proper etiquette for this? Are you supposed to leave it in there or are you supposed to take it out? No, you're supposed to take it out. Okay. I don't know. I, I guess if you're a mint in cover collector, you leave it in? Mint in cover. <laughs> well, it's a minifig of Unkar's Brute who's like missing one eye. And they, in the intro for the book, he's there and he says, I've been told to keep an eye on you. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I bet Cole Horton wrote that. I bet you he did. <laughs> so the intro is cool. I mean, honestly, like, I really like the timeline at the beginning that shows all the characters in in their minifig style. There's a little Ahsoka and a Kit Fisto and Padme. And Padme and Obi-Wan and Chancellor Palpatine and Yoda all have lines. But Yoda's line is so lame because all it says is, Begun the Clone Wars has... But Padme says, leave my people alone. And Obi-Wan says, don't mess with the light side. Yeah, I don't like, think. Yeah, some of these are movie quotes. Don't mess with the light side. I don't think I've, that one's from a movie. That's, that's <laughs> not from a movie. But, um, you know, they, and it kind of goes through this really cool timeline that I actually quite like. And you know me. I love Lego stuff. I love Lego TV shows um, and Lego games and Lego everything. So I actually like it, and they color-coded it, which is really nice. Now, probably one of the best parts is the which side are you on. So, like, right after the timeline, um, there's this little guide. One of those, like, yes-no quizzes that you take. Yeah. And you kind of go through the little pathway with the arrows based on your answer. So I'm going to ask you your answers. I'm going to ask, we'll go through this, and you tell oh, okay. me yes or no, and I'll follow yeah. it around. So, okay, are you ready for an adventure, yes or no? Yes. Okay, are you motivated by money, greed, or power? No. Are you killed with a lightsaber? 
No, hopefully not. <laughs> Do you put yourself ahead of your friends? No. Okay. Will you do whatever it takes to get what you want? Yes. <laughs> your sure. dark side. You're, you're, <laughs> you went down the dark side. It said, like powerful dark side or Kylo Ren, nothing can stop you from fulfilling Wait, I got dishes. Kylo Ren? Yes. Dang it. I knew I shouldn't have said no. Shouldn't have said no to that last one. Or yes. If you had said if you had said no, you would have gotten Poe Dameron. Damn it! I mean no. Okay, I'm, I'm taking right. my answer back. I'm Poe Dameron. <laughs> all right. So you have your book, right? I do have my book. Okay, you take me through it. All right. Are you ready for an adventure? Yes. Are you motivated by money, greed, or power? Um, if you have to hesitate, it's probably yes. yes. <laughs> Are you are you good at taking orders? Yes. Are you skilled with Oh, the, are you skilled the, with the lightsaber not? Are you killed with the lightsaber? Oh, oh okay. See, you you messed mine up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Alright, well we'll finish yours. Are you skilled with a lightsaber? No. Do do you put yourself ahead of your friends? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty. You are Boba Fett. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you already you cheated. You you read ahead. You you knew that was where no, you were going. No, I, I mean I was looking at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, that's... let's go back. Let's go back. No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. Killed with a lightsaber. Okay, no, we're, so you're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Because <laughs> I read it as, "Are you killed with a lightsaber?" <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say I'm Poe Dameron and you're Boba Fett, and we'll just go from there. All right, but. So, it kind of splits everything up into the light side and the dark side. But, like, I don't know. There's so much cool stuff in here. And I know we don't want to go into it, like, too much. But even, like, the first page that says Force Followers, it's got all this cool stuff. Like, how to train a Jedi, steps one, two, and three. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's got, like... The the layout is very bright, colorful, um, easy to follow. Like everything is in these kind of big, bright boxes with uh, big text, um, you know, color coded circles, and I mean it's it's very well designed. And I think you know I think anybody would have fun kind of kind of going through this. But I definitely think the target audience is probably you know the younger kids. And I and I think that you know my son would love this book. Actually, I haven't shown it to him yet because I didn't want him to mess it up. But you know. Eventually, I will give it to him, and I think he's really going to like it. Like, here's a cool thing. So there's this thing in the middle that says strange in this red box, and it says, Kiati Mundi has two hearts to pump blood to his very large and very complex brain. Fun fact. I didn't know. Fun fact. Yeah, I did. I don't know. I think it's neat. I mean, this honestly makes – I love this kind of stuff. Well, this th- makes it so much easier to understand. I think we're like you get guides like you know the Force Awakens visual guide um, that we've we've talked about on our show. Um, you get guides like that, and it's definitely geared toward you know, the adult reader, somebody that cares about all those facts and stuff. But this is kind of a lot of the same type of information. In fact, I came across some of the exact same information that's in this that would be in some of the official you know uh, you know higher level reader guides. But it's targeted more to a younger audience, so it's it's a way to kind of get younger readers, you know, interested in it because it's Lego, because it's bright, because it's colorful. But it's still teaching them about the Star Wars universe, which I think is really cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great book. It's it's fun to flip through. I haven't had a chance to even flip through every single page yet, um, and we're definitely not going to do that on tonight's review. 
but um, you know, I'm looking forward to kind of getting uh, deeper into it. Yeah. So I just want to point out a few other things. So on the lightsabers page, it says the top six awesome lightsabers. The electrifying one is number one, which is Kylo Ren. The double trouble, which is Darth <laughs> Maul. The fancy one. Who's the fancy one? Is, Do you know? Is that Dooku? Yeah. Um, the mysterious one is the ancient dark saber. Okay. The unique one, Mace Windu wields a rare purple lightsaber. And then the curvy ones. Do you know who those are? Asajj Ventress. There you go. And then in, on this page, it says the universe and units. And it has this on several pages. And it says, two, the number of minifigures that wield a dark saber, Darth Maul and Pre Vizsla. The dark saber is a mysterious weapon that was stolen from the Jedi long ago. Pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed. And then the top four Leia hairstyles. It's just cool. Yeah, There's it's so fun. many cool things. It's just a lot of fun information. And, it, you know, it wouldn't be Lego without humor, you know. So it's definitely – and it's, it is cool too because they're, the images that they use, they're all Lego. So you have the minifigs, but it's not like a, you know, computer-generated version of these. It's actual pictures of, you know, the pieces and the sets and the minifigs. You can see the, the lines and the plastic and the little Lego logo on the, on the dimples. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, really cool book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So if you haven't picked this up, honestly, this kind of, for me, it goes right along with the force awakens visual guide. (laughs) It's right (laughs) next to it. This helps so much. Yep. So very good book. Um, bravo to our friends, Cole Horton and Adam Bray, uh, for their work on this. And, um, we are definitely recommending it. Two thumbs up. All right, so we are going to kind of move along and cover another comic volume um, in our efforts to kind of ramp up and catch up with uh, some of the some of the comic volumes and novels that have been released. So we are gonna be reviewing Shattered Empire. So Shattered Empire was written by Greg Rucka. Uh, he wrote Before the Awakening and Smuggler's Run. And the artists on this were Marco Cicchetto and Angel Unzueda and Emilio Lasso. Lasso? I don't know. If I mess up your name, I'm sorry. <laughs> the publisher was Marvel, obviously, and it was released on November 18th of 2015. And the summary is as follows. Emperor Palpatine's 20-year reign of terror came to an abrupt and fiery end in the skies above the forest moon of Endor. A decisive victory for the Rebel Alliance, to be sure. But even with the loss of its leadership, the Empire's moths and regional governors retain their hold on important systems from the core to the outer rim, thanks to the might of the Imperial Starfleet. Now, with a power vacuum atop the Empire, those moths will jockey for position and control, and the heroes of the Rebel Alliance will soon discover that a wounded and fractious Empire may be more dangerous than any threat they faced before. So... Can I just say that that makes us sound like all like intense and stuff, and the comic was not. It for wasn't me. intense. No. <laughs> we okay. So just to start off, we've already stated if you haven't ever listened to the show, then this will be new. But you and I both don't like space battle stuff. In general, and there are, well, there are exceptions. But like, in the first two issues of this four-parter. 
it was like all space battle stuff and it got on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, space battles, um, I'm kind of the same way. Although for me, the main time that I don't like space battles is in novels. Um, I feel like it's it's just a tough thing for a writer to portray without visuals. So, um, But in comics, it doesn't bother me as much. It's definitely not my favorite thing to read about in comics, but it is something, at least you have the visuals you, you know, you can see the lasers, you know, you can see the ships blowing up. Um, you can kind of see the maneuvering, although, you know, there's no motion. But so for comic for this one specifically, it didn't really bother me that much, to be honest with you. OK, but I know I'm... there was a lot of it. There was two main, you know, we had the Battle of Endor that they portray um, that definitely was a lot of space battle stuff. And then you have the, the battle over Naboo with the three pilots um, in the N1 Starfighters. So, that yeah. one wasn't as bad. It was kind of more of the stuff at the beginning that was... See, I get lost with that kind of stuff. I lose the story. I can't keep... I yeah, I just can't. My brain doesn't work that way. I have. I don't have a very good military-style brain of being able to understand things. So you start getting into everybody's got a number and like all this stuff, and I don't know who's talking to who <laughs> and what means what and whatever, and I get lost, and I just, I'm just like, okay. Right. My attention's gone. But when it got to the battle over Naboo, that was a lot easier because we weren't dealing with, like, green 45, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, the battle over Naboo, you, it was narrowed down to, you know, just the three main characters that you were following. And they were all very, no, you know, at least two of the, the three characters were, were known to us at this point. Um, so it was easy to kind of follow who was doing what. Um, but I know you're kind of a, a stickler for the whole, the artist, you know, cover artist different than the interior artist. But in this case, we had a cover artist and then we had three different interior artists. So what were your thoughts kind of on the art? And was that something that stuck out to you when the art changed? Um, the art, like, okay. The last comic we reviewed, you remember, I really liked it. This one, no. Like, me and Shattered Empire, I'm not friends with it. I don't have any desire to like really read it over again. No, okay. not at all, not at all. I mean, I like the characters of like Poe's mom and dad, but I could have done with a whole story that was mostly about them and about you know really folk, really focused on them without all of this other side stuff of a pop in from Han and Chewie and a pop in from Leia and all this other stuff. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, I so don't care. Yeah, I think they were. They've even. In, I've I've read some interviews with Greg Rucka and kind of the the story on how all of this came about and why they went the way they went with the story. And I don't think initially it was supposed to have that much of the you know kind of what we call the big three, Han, Luke, and Leia, as well as Chewbacca. Um, but they did decide because they just thought the expectation would be that they would be in it that they did decide. So if you if it does seem like they're kind of thrown in there, they kind of were. Well, they seem that way. Especially at the end where Luke's all thrown in and was like, we're going to save the magic trees. I'm like, oh my just, God. <laughs> just random. Really? Like, yeah. let's go save some magic trees. Awesome. Like he sent R2 to find a pilot to help him and then it just happened to be the pilot that, you know, we've been following uh, this whole yeah, time. Yeah, Shara Bay. Like, okay, but it, I like the way that she looked um, and I like the way that the Duros guy looked. Yeah, Lu, but Luo, or Lu, Ulo. Lu, yeah, Lu, Ulo. 
Laulo, Lulo, Lilo. <laughs> um, but that's about it. I mean, I think they did a good job portraying Luke, Leia, and Han. They looked good. But other than that, I was like, okay, whatever. With the art. Like, you know, the problem was, for me, it was less art and it was more story on this one. I honestly didn't pay attention to the art that much because I was, like, maybe kind of annoyed with the story. So I was like, let me just read. You yeah. Know? I, uh, so Phil Noto did at least the first cover. I'm not sure if he did all the covers, but I really like his art a lot. Um, so I did enjoy the cover art. Um, the interior art, I enjoyed it for the most part, but I think, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to point out which of the three artists, but there was a, a transition and that I did notice the art style was not, not to my taste, but the, but most of the, of the art across it, I did actually really think was, was really well done. Uh, there was just one of the artists that just really wasn't my taste, but yeah. Um, and I'm definitely not going to hate on it as much as you are, as far as the story goes. Um, I've read this one a couple times now, and I do remember the first time through, um, especially kind of what you're talking about with the forest trees at the end. I was like, huh, what's going on? You know, but the second time through it didn't, for whatever reason, I guess maybe I just gotten used to the idea and it didn't really bother me. Mm. Is there supposed to be more to this or is this it? Uh, so for shattered empire, uh, it was just a mini series. So it was just the four issues. Will they touch upon, you know, some of these characters or events in later comics? Maybe. Um, I've heard rumors about the forest tree stuff, but I don't know if um, they're going to go anywhere with that. But we had seen the forest tree before, in, apparently in the Clone Wars. Um, and they're, interesting enough, they, Greg Rucka did an interview with the Star Wars report. I think Mark Herleman is the one that interviewed him. Um, and he had a really good quote. Uh, kind of why they they went with the tree thing. You want me to read that quote? Sure. All right. This might put a little, shed a little bit of light on it, and uh, Pablo Hidalgo might be partially to blame for this. So, um, but it says this is Greg Rucka quoting, or Greg Rucka's quote. If he's trying to recover knowledge, you know, it's like I don't want to do a holocron. Holocrons have been done. Don't do that. And I could hear both Pablo and Leland groan, and they're like, yeah not another holocron. And we'd been talking a lot about Palpatine and really how horrible he was. And I think it was Pablo who said, you know what? You should use the tree from the Jedi Temple, from the Clone Wars cartoon. And I was like, oh, that's a fantastic idea. That's a fantastic idea. And that's where it came from. It was quite literally story group saying, use the tree. And I said, oh, that's beautiful. And that's such a beautiful metaphor, you know, and it's a perfect metaphor for what the galaxy is like after Return of the Jedi. So that's straight from the story group. They wanted a tree as opposed to something like a holocron. Would you have liked it better if it was a holocron? I don't think it would have mattered. I think that it was just like, oh, random tree. Oh, there's two. Here, take one. And then the end of the comic is Kess and Shara planting said tree. Okay, cool. Like, where's baby Poe? <laughs> baby Poe. He was watched what? over by a Force-sensitive tree. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I did think it was a little odd. Um, you know, I, you know, I agree that the whole holocron idea has been overdone. But maybe if it had been some other kind of artifact, um, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was definitely one of the weaker points of the story for me. The whole mission with Luke, although there was some cool lightsaber action, 
um, with Luke there, and you know you got to see him kind of, you know, take out this whole group of Imperials on the planet that they were, you know, going to raid. So that was the action was cool, I thought in that in that time. But yeah, I think if I had to pick my favorite, it would probably be when Leia, Shara, and the Queen fly the N one starfighters that whole area and then also this then there was no expansion on it it was just the one cell but where leia felt she says i feel cold and there's darth maul's face and she feels like the presence of darth maul there i was like yes and then they did nothing with it and i was like lame (laughs) yeah i thought when i saw that panel i was like oh I was like, Teresa got her Darth Maul. They somehow fit it into a post-Return of the Jedi story. <laughs> I know. Um, I was like, man, gone. <laughs> but I thought it was kind of a cool tie-in uh, because we had just reviewed a comic you know, recently where we saw Leia have that same type of a reaction when she was on Naboo right after A New Hope. Um, mm-hmm. When she went there looking for the surviving Alderanians. And she has that kind of stop. She stops and you know, kind of feels something. And you see the, the image of Padme. So, you know, now both... See, and I thought they might, she might, she might see, like, an image of Padme in this one, you know, too, or something, but it didn't happen. Yeah, but I thought that was interesting that both times now that we've seen her on Naboo, she's had a similar experience, except the first time was her mother, the second time was the dark side. Well, it's interesting because Leia's kind of popping up everywhere. Leia and Luke popped up on um, Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures, and there was some Alderanian stuff, you know, mentioned there. And, like, it's kind of like they're using the same themes in, like, every medium that they're doing right now. It's sort of weird. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely focusing on, you know, kind of the core, you know, characters right now. Um, You know, Bloodline just came out, which is all about Leia. Um, you have life debt that is, you know, Leia's in that. I'm, I'm about a third of the way through it. Leia's in it a lot. Han is a major focus of it. You know, so yeah, they're trying to cash in, I think, on these characters that people know. Before they die <laughs> <laughs> in episode eight and nine. Plus, remember, this comic did come out last year, so we are just now reading it. But um, it has been out for a little bit. Yeah, but there's people who are like us that are just now reading it, too. Yeah. So, but I think for me, you know, I had some issues with actually the part you said was your favorite with the the three, um, you know, people uh, with the N1 Starfighters. That was kind of my least favorite part of the comic. Uh, I found that part kind of boring, other than like it was kind of cool to see Lando just show up randomly. Uh, Another, it did seem like, oh, you know, Lando just got thrown in here. But I thought you might like that scene because you're a big Lando fan as well. I am, but I think I had also, at the time of reading that, I had also just seen Lando in the Freemaker Adventures, so it was really hard to to, to separate to put, to put Lego Lando over there <laughs> and Comic Lando over here, um, because I feel like they should all be like Lego Lando. Well, they have a whole Lando comic series that we're going to be reviewing soon. So, um, But for me, the the story, the the thing I really found interesting about it was just to see what these characters were doing between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. You know, this is happening literally right as Return of the Jedi is ending, you know, is where this comic picks up. And yeah, it's all about, it really focuses on Shara more than it does on her husband. Uh, so she's the main character. You get you get some appearance of Poe's dad, but not really, he doesn't really play into the, to the story that much. But it is really cool to see, you know, like Han and Chewie, you know, they were leading this group of commandos, you know, for a while after after the battle. 
Um, you know, kind of cool to see what Leia was up to. Cool to see, you know, Luke going on these missions trying to recover Jedi artifacts. So setting the stage for what these characters were doing after Return of the Jedi was... I did enjoy that part of the comic. Yeah. And, and it's really all we've gotten about Luke, you know, after Return of the Jedi because he's not showing up in the novels. And he's definitely he barely did anything in The Force Awakens, so... It was kind of cool to see him in action. Hmm. So I think we're, but you know, we're on opposite ends on this one. It sounds like you, uh, you didn't really get much from it, but I actually did enjoy this one, especially on the second read through. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would probably have to read it again. Am I going to? No. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Um, you know, we do. There are a couple things. Let me see. Um, a couple things I wanted to point out. I thought it was interesting that the Emperor, although he is now dead, um, did leave behind these orders. Like, hey, you know, if I die, uh, go and destroy Naboo. And all these other places, you know, he's either trying to cover his tracks on certain things or destroy, you know, his secrets, artifacts that he doesn't want people to get their hands on, whatever. But he's he's sending the Empire, what's remaining of the Empire, to go and, like, clean up. You know, take out Naboo, take out some other locations. I thought that was that was pretty interesting. I guess it kind of seems like it was something that he would do. Like if he's going to be taken down, he might as well take down his whole planet with him. Kind of like he took out Alderaan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although I think it was was it called Operation Cinder? Was it Cinder? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's that's very Christmassy. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. I didn't think Christmas at all, but I thought it was a cool name actually. Operation Cinder. Like you're. Taking, no, it's like burn it to the ground. Yeah, burn it to the ground. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting, kind of the way they went about, it, especially for Naboo, where they had these, you know, these things in orbit that were controlling the weather and causing hurricanes and tsunamis. That and, was so weird, but cool. Yeah, I thought that was a unique idea, and you know, in the fact that. Leia and you know Shara and the Queen had to go and find these these satellites so they could take them out and protect the planet. Um, it was a yeah, in- I mean, I thought idea. all of that was neat. It's just I just felt like most of the story was weak. I feel like there was really good story moments and then there was really weak ones. You know, uh, I don't know. I guess here's the thing: this comic had been hyped up so much by a lot of people that we're friends with. <laughs> That I was like really looking forward to reading it, and I guess my expectations were way too high because then when I started reading it, I was like, meh, meh. <laughs> you have to remember, um, these people, the people that are our friends, really enjoy X-wing pilots and oh, yeah, know, that type of true. stuff. So <laughs> this is this is more up their alley. It did it did feel like, especially that first comic, it did feel almost like I was reading a an X-wing story or a Wraith Wraith Squadron type story. Um, it did it did have that feel, especially for the mm-hmm. first issue. But yeah. yeah, maybe too many space bo- too many space battles, too many forest trees for you. Too many forest trees. <laughs> too too many. Well, like why do they get the forest tree? And what happens to the forest tree? Like, there's so many unanswered questions with this forest tree thing. I don't like I think it was just a part of a part of the Jedi temple, you know, it's a living No, you don't don't rationalize it. There's living... <laughs> there's a, there's I'm open... always going to try to rationalize it. There's open-ended questions to the forest tree. Admit it. Yeah, I want to know what the importance is, sure. Because Luke still got one, apparently. He... Well, and I want to know why they got one. Or what happened to theirs? So their son could grow up to be the best X-Wing pilot in the world. That's... In the galaxy. <laughs> That's not even a correlation. <laughs> why not? He has, like, he has latent he force, force powers. Abilities. Sure he does. Why not? The, he, no. he grew up next to a force tree. He had to He had to pick up some of that. No. 
You don't pick up the force. You're born with the force. Hello, midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and has midichlorians, that right? That's the, that's the end of that. <laughs> hey, you never know. Poe Dameron could be force sensitive. We just don't know it. Yeah, true, true. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. And things that are in sites for reviews coming up. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next uh, or whatever. We usually like to tell you guys that, but in the interest of trying to get caught up, we just have our sights on We have our sights set on these next two things. One comic, one book. So read both of them, and we will probably be reviewing one of them next episode. Yeah, so Darth Vader Volume 2 is in our sights. And then also... um, what is it? Oh, Battlefront Twilight Company is the novel. Um, we've been kind of trying to figure out what's going to be next. Um, I will admit that I've been dragging my feet on Twilight Company because it's very military-based. So <laughs> I'm dragging, and I apologize for that. But, um, you know, there are junior novels that are out there. There's reference books. There's... <laughs> Are you saying you want to do a junior novel and not Twilight Company? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Um, no. We need to get Twilight Company done. But I'm just I'm just messing around. Like, I I love Alexander Freed. So <laughs> I want to read his book. I'm just scared I'm going to get lost. <laughs> like three pages in. Huh? <laughs> what? That's all right. You can just speed read it and then we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get speed through read it, it and yeah. not understand a thing that happened. <laughs> We'll talk. We'll talk you through it. So I think I'm gonna listen to it. Audiobook instead would of help. read it, read it because maybe that'll help me. I tend to do really well with audiobooks, so um, I will say that's... this: um, the audiobook for that one specifically, I really, really enjoyed. Um, I think it adds a lot to it. And the and I forget which which of the narrators did that audiobook, but he did a really good job with the voices and. And everything. I'm not always a fan of how they do do audiobooks, and you know, I did the same thing for Bloodline, and I'm doing it for Life Debt, and you know, they're. I wasn't a huge fan of those two as audiobooks, but for Twilight Company, I two thumbs up. Like, if you're gonna do an audiobook, that's the one to do. So nice. That's my audiobook review. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, you can get in touch with us in between shows on Twitter. We are at SWBookworms. You can email us, StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. And please do send us emails. We haven't been reading any because, like I said, we're trying to get caught up, so we're trying to go rapid fire. Uh, As soon as we get to a more comfortable place and we feel kind of caught up, we will start hitting those emails again. Um, Catch us on Facebook. We're Facebook.com slash StarWarsBookworms. This isn't color-coded. I don't know where to stop. Oh, just keep going. Um, You're doing good. Okay. All right. So you can find us on iTunes and I think some of your other podcatchers out there. I think Stitcher and some other places. Wherever the Star Wars Report has put us, you can find us there. And leave us a review on iTunes. And we always need those so people can find us or on whichever podcatcher you're listening to. On Twitter and Instagram, I am at IceColdPenguin and Aaron is at AVGoins. Um, and until next time, keep on reading, and may the force be with you. Jerk! Hey, no, you, did, you took it. You did you all the other. It. You did all the contact stuff, so I did that. Uh, you did that on purpose. Yes, I did. 